Agency Click presents Everything Film with Film Robot on BNN Bloomberg Radio. Agency Click gives you the chance to sign up and connect with and cast thousands of premier performers, post your casting requests, and confirm bookings. Just go to agencyclick.com. It's Everything Film with Film Robot and your hosts, Joe Leary and Patrick Shelton. And we welcome you to Season 2, Episode 4 of Everything Film. Everything Film is supported by Vancouver Acting School, where you can turn your passion into your career. Enroll now for post-secondary diploma programs in film, television, and voiceover. Episode 4, Season 2. Patrick, we've come a long way. Hey, I'm just happy we have a Season (laughs) 2. We do indeed. Our guest is Michael Heffron, who is the President and Chief Chief Creative creative, uh, Director (laughs) or Officer of uh, Mainframe Studio. Now, one thing that stuck out when I was reading through on you, Michael, was... COVID didn't seem to throw a wrinkle into your plans. It seemed to actually enhance things. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, obviously a a horrific um, something that's happened to the world, but something on the animation level that really changed how we were able to do things. We were able to pivot um, within a day to shift our entire team of 400 plus people uh, to work remote um, seamlessly without dropping a beat. And we found actually productivity went up. Um, because people no longer had to commute a uh, half hour, an hour each way sometimes. They got a chance to work, they got more time with their family, and we actually grew to a studio size now of over 700 people. That's incredible. Now, again, Patrick's line of work is in everything film and film robot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was surprised because I thought that COVID would sort of kill most business. You said it actually enhanced it because everyone was able to work remotely, so the fact you couldn't come into the office didn't really deter the business. It's, it, I guess it's similar in a lot of fields. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm of two things of that. And I mean, I don't know if it's entertainment, but there's something that the only thing that I kind of thought was missing was collaboration mm-hmm. and mentoring a new person. Because a new person, if your first job is on Zoom, like, you're not, you know, you don't know anything. I'm talking about the first guy. That's the only thing I thought was missing in the technical field. But seasoned people that have worked in the industry for a long time, 10 years, sure, go at it at home. No problem. What, uh, what is your background, Michael? Like, what, what got you to where you are today? Not listening to my parents. <laughs> I, grew up, uh, I grew up in the Midwest from Wisconsin and wanted to be an animator my whole life. And uh, got out of high school. My parents said, well, you need to do something that's going to earn a real living. There's no money in art. So went to school for architecture. And, of course, in, I don't want to say the year, but it might have been 1982, there was the big recession. Mm-hmm. Um, architects who had worked at a firm 16, 20 years lost their jobs. So all of a sudden I was going to university for a degree that was going to be meaningless because there are no jobs out there. So I kind of pivoted back, uh, started to work for a small animation studio, eventually went to Sheridan College uh, in 86, came up to Canada, and really never left. Uh, fell in love with, uh, with Canada, fell in love with the opportunity, and um, started my first studio in 1990 in Toronto. So as a person that's in the animation field, what first tweaked your interest into this? Was it a certain cartoon you saw It was a kid that just you thought, uh, this is cool? Uh, I mean, Tom and Jerry Tom growing Jerry. up, any, anything that was Warner Brothers yeah. growing up as a kid. Um, just a, I mean, yeah, I grew up on Saturday morning cartoons when there's Saturday morning cartoons. I mean, that's, yep. that was yep. your day, you, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. after school you got home and there's that block, you know, you did your homework or you tried to do your homework, but you, you know, you, you had that window of watching. 
And uh, it was a really magical time. And for me, it was always an artist first. Uh, that's kind of where I continue with the business, even though I wore a corporate hat, I'm still very much about the passion of everything that we do from a creative standpoint. It's amazing the, word, uh, the world of animation because, uh, I mean, I'm a family guy fan, The Simpsons fan, Futurama, stuff like that. But um, the amount of work that goes into just a single frame is rather incredible. It is in the amount of people. Um, there are 100, 140 people um, on a particular production to deliver a show at any one particular point. So there's a lot of people that are involved. When you're talking about collaboration, it really is a collaborative industry because you get a script, um, that script's great, but let's plus that script, you know, and that starts coming from the visualization of it and becomes on how you take, you know, your animated character or your performers. We get great voice actors who do great voices, but now we need to bring those voices to life visually. And, um, and that's really the magical part. And that means that there's a group of people that touch it. They plus it the animators who do their performance plus it. So it's a really exciting aspect that everyone continues to plus it till we get an amazing show, you know, hopefully an amazing show at the very end. And where would you rank the Vancouver scene when it comes to what you do? I mean, is this a, is this a mecca of talent? It is. I mean, I, I am. Well, I should I'm, say the lower mainland and British Columbia, the West Coast, whatever you want to phrase it. Yeah, I mean, I, I come from Toronto as well, yeah. spent most of my career there. Um, obviously the two great uh, hubs for film uh, animation. I'd say animation in Vancouver's really skyrocketed a lot more. Um, proximity to LA, uh, certainly. Um, a lot of um, BC studios have moved on from just doing service production work to doing great IP productions. And Mainframe, uh, the studio that I run now, um, was w uh, the first CG animated studio, the, the first original reboot back in 1994. Mm -hmm. That laid way, as that studio, as the studio grew, a lot of the studios that are in Vancouver today, people who are either running them or offshoots of um, what you know, Mainframe did back in the uh, early 90s, uh, 2000s. Well, that's a, that's a good segue for me. You know, I'm just going to hit you with a little bit here. Sure. My business partner, uh, co-owner of Film Robot Systems, was employee number six at Mainframe. Um, you know, alongside people like, you probably know Gavin Blair, yep. um, Phil Mitchell. There's a whole bunch of people that started it, and they actually started Reboot. And they named characters off people in their own lives that were around, and it was that small at the time. What was really interesting is that they grew for a big period for like, like I would say two years and they just went from 30 to 50, 80 lots, right? Then they hit hard times. It just somehow everything came back in and they kind of reinvented themselves and they had a show, I think it was called Beast Wars. Beast Wars with Hasbro, yep. Yeah, and they went through that and then they got into Barbie, um, a few other things that came along and, and Barbie was quite lu lucrative and, you know, they, but it was a big change from the whole um, reboot. And so I'm quite educated in that because my partner talked about it all the time, right? The old glory days and yeah, there was a lot of magic that came out of there. Yeah, for sure. What was the, what was the initial success? What was the first thing that sort of put you on the, uh, landed you on the map? I, I think starting my studio, um, the first uh, movie I ever worked on was Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. Mm -hmm. uh, we did about 20 minutes of the movie up in, in Toronto. So when I went to Sheridan, um, the, the big thing for me was I wanted to be an animator. And I realized there was far more talented people that could do that drawing than I could do. But I had this act of, an act of being able to put people together. And um, so to graduate, you have to do a film to graduate from Sheridan. And so I decided, I, I went in and said, look, I want to be a producer. I want to be able to put these people together 
to make that film. And so I did that. I had other students, faculty that worked on my film. And that was kind of the catalyst for me, 10 months out of Sheridan, to start my first studio, which was Phoenix Animation. And we did Fern Gully. I remember back in those days, there was no, inter- there was no email yet. Um, I cold faxed. Right. Studios. Mm -hmm. So I remember the the first exciting one was I cold faxed uh, Hanna-Barbera when it was around back in the day. Wow. And we started working on uh, a series called Fish Police, um, which was a primetime series they did. So I was one of the first. And then we worked on um, uh, a a movie project with them as well. So it was kind of, you know, grew from there, but uh, Fern Gully was the first one. I'd like one. to see that with hi- your history. And I was going to say this as well. One of the things that has changed is, you remember, and I'm trying to think of um, the, well, what, Joe, before you, you used to have a, a, a box, right? And it was like, not everybody had access to it, so it wasn't the PC days. And I'm, I'm trying to think of that. Was it, what was the brand? SGI, and it was like 10. Fifteen grand for one. Oh, watch the 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 old reboot ones that were done. They were like sixty-five grand. Grand, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was like to get into these animation and um, soft image. Is that soft image used to be used? Does that ring a bell? Like I'm just trying to go back to like when this all kind of came into Vancouver. So it's changed now because I, you know, obviously the cost of entry has come down, right? When more competitive, like everything else. But I'm just saying, you know, to get to get a coveted animation job and him to have his studio at that time was way more expensive. Like it was just a lot more licensing and things. And it was harder. Well, I think also, Michael, and you'd probably agree that the, first, the, wor- the world of animation has developed tremendously. Like even if you go back to the, the early Simpsons and see the animation capabilities today, and then there's, there's so much beyond. How has the te- where can the technology go from here? I think technology, well, we continue to improve the quality. I mean, look at some of the movies that are out there right now. What's being done today could have never been done within the timeline sure. and time frame. Um, it's, it's really just continues to elevate the bar. If you look at something like, um, you know, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, um, it, it start, what, what technology is starting to do today for animation is it's putting it back into an art form. There used to be, um, you know, CG looked like CG. You know, and now you've blurred a line of what is CG, what is 2D, what is sure. live action. If you look at stuff that's come out with Unreal Game Engine, you look at um, The Matrix. They did that little um, piece with, uh, with Ken O'Ree's. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell, was that, sure. was that real or not? So it's really blurring the line. It's allowing us to produce things differently and get things on screen that we'd never be able to do for, at least within the certain time frames. Our guest is Michael Heffron from uh, Mainframe Studios. This is Everything Film, Season 2, Episode 4 from the Shark Club in downtown Vancouver. You mentioned earlier the Warner Brothers cartoon, so I've got something that you might think is pretty cool. Years ago, I was involved with a, a te- television station that brought Chuck Jones to Vancouver. And to, just to sit on the stage of the Orpheum Theater, show Warner Brothers cartoons, and him to narrate what the process was, and have a personally signed autograph of Chuck Jones of his poster. Where's Chuck Jones in the pantheon of animators? I mean, right up there. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're talking, you're talking that group of Warner Brother and Warner Brother, Warner Brother animators, along with that Disney group, yeah. that were really the pioneers back then. And the comedy, you know, in 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 that comedy, the visual comedy that was done there, it's still relevant today. Um, and uh, kids, in fact, I think we've gotten too used to dialogue. In animation, so they don't always watch. Sure. Bringing that visual aspect, that visual humor, certainly was there. I have an autograph cell 
um, as well at home. So the other thing with Chuck Jones, I was watching a documentary, and they they what they he was noted for he could do stuff quite fast. Mm-hmm. They had to be way faster. So you know, imagine him knocking off a you know a Warner Brothers cartoon. <laughs> Like, but you do exactly, it like yeah. that. But like you know not, why? It was no so. They, they had to be fast because they got paid by the. Yeah, yeah. Paid so by the f- we, <laughs> like we called it, it by we called it by the foot back then. Yeah, so yeah. It, that's that's how you got paid. You know? yeah. So, so. so it, the process of animation. I mean, obviously, uh, there's a lot of technology that has enhanced the uh, the field. But to animate something, does it take? Is it a painstaking process? No, not at all. But what you have to do, tool sets are tool sets, and performance is really what's key. And so if you don't know how to use the software, you're focused on learning the software and not the performance. So it's really, as soon as you learn how that software works, then you're really in the headspace of who that character is, and you're the actor. You know, an animator really is an actor at the end of the day performing. And so the tool sets we try to do, you know, we have rigging tools and interfaces that allow our animators to play back things at real time, you know, the way they work. Uh, but that's really key, you know, learn, learn the software, um, that's your foundation, and then you can do anything because you're really focusing only on uh, the performance of what you want your character to do. Tell us about the successes, what are you currently working on? Uh, currently working on, well of course, Barbie. Uh, yeah. We've had a fantastic partnership uh, with Mattel for going on 22 years now. Yeah, that's Since the f- first Nutcracker was done in 2000. Uh, Barbie's evolved quite a bit, which is really exciting as a character. Um, she's extremely aspirational. There's that genuine re- relationship factor between her, her friends now, her and her sisters. And so really excited where Barbie has evolved. Um, we continue to do a great Barbie series, um, movies that continue to come out. Um, we've been working on the Octonauts franchise um, now for, for a number of years. Both, uh, we did three big Octonauts movies that launched on Netflix, and two of them were theatrical releases in China. Did extremely well. There's a new offshoot of Octonauts above and beyond, so we're we're doing season eight. I think season six is launched, so there's definitely a catch-up time when when things go out. Uh, We had just finished Team Zenko Go, which Mm -hmm. um, launched on Netflix on March 15th. Uh, it's now in the top 10 on Netflix, number 10 in the U.S. on Netflix Kids, and number 8 here in Canada. So we're really wow. thrilled, and we're thrilled of the aspirational aspect of what it has done. Um, uh, our one character, Ari, um, who um, is in a wheelchair, uh, who's played by um, Harley, and um, he... We were so inspired by uh, this kid's performance, and, th- and the thing I think that this, uh, that sets it up differently is he is one of the team. There's four kids who are on this Team Zenko Go team, and you don't think about him in a wheelchair. You just think about him as one of the team. He's got things that he can do that are really cool. That does it a little bit differently than other the other kids, but it's never a focal point. And so, really thrilled with that. It was a a co-production we did with DreamWorks Animation, so wow. really thrilled wow. with the partnership with DreamWorks. We also just finished um, Madagascar a Little Wild, which is a big 52-episode series we did with DreamWorks right. on right. that, so we animated on that. Um, Are you guys still, um, you know, just to go more on the business side, is there still some good... Um, tax credits and stuff in animation like there the is we're, tax credit we're, we're really fortunate and yeah. and and canada in general has been really you know the, the tax credits were really set up for 
us not to lose our, our talent drain to the U.S. Right, right. Uh, with the big studios, and it's really, as much as it's brought great production work up here, it's also uh, spearheaded. We wouldn't have had Team Zenko go without the tax credits, and it's an IP project. So the tax credits have really helped develop uh, BC-based companies. And, Absolutely. And, uh, well, like, when, that, when I hear that, like the 22 years, Barbie, that's quite significant because from a business point of view, and I know what that is, why would they leave? Mm -hmm. You know, in, in front, it's in their best interest too, but in the end, it, it's talent, but it's also a business, right? Sure. People are, Mattel is a business. So I, I think that's a great thing, right? A large company like that coming into Canada and staying for 22 years. That's a success story on its own, really. Yeah, we did, um, we did Hot Wheels back in the day with yeah. them. We did Max Steel with them. Yeah. They have a bunch of other shows they produce with, with great other studio partners as well. Um, they're a great supporter of the Canadian animation industry, Mattel as a whole. I'm guessing by nature of what you do, Michael, you don't have a problem recruiting personnel, do you? Oh, yeah. You it's, do. It's challenging. As much as I think we have some of the most awesome shows we work on, there's a huge need for talent. Uh, you know, we grew 700 people. And, um, you know, I think our growth ability is always talent-driven. Um, and that talent has been, been tougher. It's not just us that have expanded. Animation as a whole has. So talent's at a premium. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we also set up in uh, Toronto as well, is to really tap into two of the top, you know, talent markets, because to me, at the end of the day, it's talent is what makes our shows fantastic, uh, and our greatest assets as a company are our talent base. So I would imagine, though, with the youth of today, with so much technology at their fingertips, at their very disposal, the things they can do in their own homes or on their phones, I would think that would be inspiring the next generation of animators. And it is. We do, they're just not quick enough. <laughs> there's a so. lot of, and you know, you know the other thing, Joe, there's a lot more verticals now, and when I say verticals, people have left animation and went to like mobile game animation, right? Like there's verticals that people can move in their career. So that's, that's good too, right? Cause you know, mm -hmm. you don't want to just stay in one kind of, you know, there's, sure. yeah. you know, if you're doing lighting or something for, um, you know, for mainframe, then you become a lighting expert and then you're in demand maybe somewhere else. And that's probably the thing, right? You're getting capped the talent, right? Well, you train them, they leave them. Yeah, and they, and they come back. So yeah, we, right, we, we have a, a yeah. board on our wall. It's called the Boomerang Board. Yeah. And because, <laughs> you know, back, we, yeah. we encourage people. You know yeah. what? That's where growth comes is from trying new things. And, yeah. and we feel that we create a great environment, so they're going to come back at some point. Well, why don't you use some of our airtime right now to do a recruiting drive? What, <laughs> what are you looking for? What does it? What is the key that you need to see in a person? Or what, what talent skills do they need to bring to the table to be an animator? First of all, training. What about that? Yeah. So, I, so I think the, everyone uses the word animator, but really animation, there's a number of stages that you can get involved, anywhere from uh, storyboarding, design, always looking for great designers, animators, you know, knowing Maya is really key, that's our biggest tool, Maya. or Toombox for us doing Harmony uh, shows in 2D. Those are kind of a couple of the key drivers and tool sets and things that we use. Um, but there's so many different aspects. We're looking for the technical side, the, the people who do the bone skeletons for those characters to make them move, sure. yeah. called rigging. So we're looking for riggers. We're looking for uh, people who understand pipeline from a technical standpoint. They're going to get us creatively what we on screen. CG supervisors, always looking for those. Always looking for, again, on the animation side, but also looking for lighters yes. uh you, you don't get a character to light unless they have a surface so we have to yeah. surface those characters so we're looking for amazing Lock surfacing artists that. yeah so go to go to mainframe.ca and we have a whole thing under careers a whole opportunity 
We do have training programs that we offer. Um, we have a facilities, an opportunity to come in on our facility side to learn, have a mentor attached. We always bring a mentor on uh, when new people start uh, to give them that growth because we'd hope to understand where they want to go in their career and help develop them to that. Always looking for great creative ideas. So if you've got a great idea for an animated show yes. or, you know, um, always love to hear those. Um, always working to create a diverse uh, crew. Um, our audience is diverse. And so we're really looking for different voices at the table yeah. that are going to bring a perspective. And we find that very exciting. And something tells me it pays a buck or two. <laughs> Something it, tells it, me. So I got I got I got to tell you if you're looking at some other career, career yeah. if, if you're yeah. looking at another career there's not one you're going to get out of school with the salary rates that there are in the animation industry um, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good field to get into. You get a quick return on your uh, college or your school investment. Great schools in, in Vancouver, great schools across Canada. Some of them are one-year programs. I won't name them all, but there's, you know, there's a lot of them. Uh, some you can do night. If you, if you have a passion, draw. Um, you know, pursue your passion. And we're always looking for people who are, are passionate uh, in uh, bringing their, uh, their A game to the table. If that's not a recruiting drive, I, I don't know what <laughs> it is. That's great. Uh, it's mainframe.ca. Michael Heffron is the uh, president and CCO of Mainframe Studios. Pleasure to meet you, sir. Thank yeah, you. Thank nice you for to meet being you guys here. both. Really thank you. Really enjoyed that. Cheers. Thank you.